Now a word from our sponsor, BetterHelp. Tiffany here from Swish, and I want to talk about being a problem solver. In my classroom, I'm always telling my equal firsties to be problem solvers. In first grade, that's one thing, but in adult life, it's a whole other. It can be really difficult to train your brain to go into a problem-solving mode. Maybe you don't even know where to start. It's a challenge that we all face in life. But when you learn to better help your brain find solutions, it's truly a great feeling. And if you've ever been thinking of giving therapy a try, BetterHelp is a great option. BetterHelp is convenient, it's accessible, it's affordable, and it's all online. And on top of that, they match you with a therapist just by filling out a brief survey. So when you want to be a better problem solver, therapy can get you there. Visit BetterHelp.com swish today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com slash swish. Welcome to Swish and Flick, an all-Potter podcast. Swish and Flick, everyone. Swish and Flick. Hello and welcome to episode 198 of Swish and Flick. I'm Tiffany. I'm Megan. I'm Katie. And they call me her. (laughs) (laughs) And this episode is sponsored by Jenna Helm Sawicki. Thank you, Jenna. Thanks, Thank Jenna. you. Thank you. So today we will be discussing the book to movie comparison of Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix. So make sure that you have watched that movie. We all did this time. And you are ready to <laughs> compare the book to the movie. Ah, and contrast. Okay. <laughs> yes, we'll do we'll do that. We're gonna make a <laughs> Venn diagram. It's gonna be fine. <laughs> <laughs> So before we begin, let's go to Megan for some weekly profit news. Uh, so super exciting, I guess. And I actually, I can't even remember if I've put this in a weekly profit recently. So sorry if it's repeated. But um, Harry Potter is back on HBO Max for streaming purposes. But I believe it is, again, only for a month. Yes, it's just for June, I think it said. On HBO I don't Max. Know and then why. where is it going? Peacock? Who knows? <sighs> yeah. I don't I'm know. over it. Didn't WB just get bought by something or they bought something? Some Something just happened with WB, right? Am I wrong? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I, I heard that like... I've literally just lost uh, track of what's going on. Well, because it's these. back and forth constantly. You know, it changes every day. Yeah. 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 Oh, so somebody in our chat, Magic by Phoenix, didn't they buy Paramount? They could have. Something oh, happened. Maybe. I don't know. I don't so know for sure. So if anybody Pe- has any so like, is, links. <laughs> is Peacock and Paramount Plus going to merge? <clears throat> I don't know. Honestly, like this whole jumping around thing is just annoying. It's annoying people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, well, yeah. it's like, frustrating just, because <laughs> you have to go back and forth with like, okay, what streaming service am I going to... Yes. Have and I don't know. Well, because there's so yeah. many now, it's like you you either have them all or you decide yeah. to pick and choose because it's, you know, it adds up faster because than you it's think. It's more than cable yeah. now. Yeah. And the purpose of streaming things was to save money from cable. And now it's turned into basically, Not I that. mean, you know, everybody <laughs> wants to make money. So that's what it is. Right. Yeah. Capitalism yeah. at its finest. Yeah. Um, For true. 
so yeah, uh, this is the official ending of the Order of the Phoenix era for oh. Swish and Flick. Banana. And that, that was is, a long order. It was. How much do you think that cost? A lot of All money. that food. A lot. <laughs> or a lot of hamburgers. <laughs> um, is that what you think the Phoenix would order? Hamburgers? I, I don't Yeah. Know. 18% will be added on perhaps. to gratuities of... Or 18% of gratuities will be added on to episodes more Checks more payable than to me, Sarah? <laughs> yeah. You could have went with 12. They call me her. They call me Sarah. Oh my god. They call me Sarah. What year is this? (laughs) (laughs) They call me Sasa. (laughs) They do. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I promise I haven't been drinking. (laughs) Just coffee and water today. Make sure that you follow us on Spotify by clicking the follow button on our page and share this episode with your friends by clicking the three dots in the corner of the episode page. Subscribe to our channel on YouTube at Swish and Flick Podcast and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Swish Flick Cast. If you'd like to support us on Patreon, you can head on over to patreon.com forward slash Swish Flick Cast. By supporting our podcast, it keeps us going and it gives you access to our exclusive Discord channel, trivia games, Swish Swag Boxes, the Felix Files episodes, and more. Thank you all so much for your support. If you'd like to send your Potter stories, any questions, concerns, etc., you can send those to our email at swishflickcast at gmail.com. Well done. Thank you. Well Beautiful. Done. Golf clap. Um, I guess the recaps, it, it, it's special because I sound like I'm inside a balloon. <laughs> <laughs> it's time for the ro- 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 recap. That <laughs> put a little, little extra spin on it too. I like it. Ten. Yeah, try, I'm trying. It's like Meg. You told me when you were in like choir or whatever. Whenever you had a cold, you could like. It's always the best could, time to practice, right? You could hear yourself Can better. You hear, yeah. <laughs> the sticky, sticky shoes. <laughs> <laughs> Have you guys gotten to that episode yet? No. No. There you oh. go. <laughs> it's a funny episode. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Recap time. So our last episode, we had Harry and Luna are really like becoming friends. Like it's really the start of a beautiful friendship. Um, and she really does have some good things to say about losing a loved one. And Harry's able to talk to her about Sirius, which is really nice for us to see. Uh, Ginny's got a new bow. Ron's not happy about it. I think that's a little foreshadowing to what we will come on next. Yep, I did spell that wrong. Thank you, Meg. (laughs) (laughs) And the Dursley's going to talking to from Harry's Order of the Phoenix fam. And with that, we've wrapped up another book. And now we're here. Can you believe it? No. It took a long time. It, like, took a really (laughs) long time, but... I, I don't know. I'm just really excited to start uh, uh, Half-Blood. Oh, do you want to recap for us? Nope, you did that. Do you want to summarize? I don't recap things. So uh, I'm going to summarize what we're doing in this episode. The book and the movie aren't the same. We're going to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> well done. To the point. To the point. I'm here oh, for God. it. Clear cut. Okay. Before we start this, can sure. we just get a feel 
for the room of who likes and or dislikes this movie. Oh, okay. Well, have it be known. I like all the Harry Potter movies. Okay. 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 Having said that, (laughs) this one is not my favorite. But to be fair, a lot of that has to do with stinking Dolores. You know what I'm saying? She's the worst. I don't like her. Yeah. Um, there are parts of it that were fine. It's just very fast paced, um, which was disappointing to me the first time. And it still disappoints me. And then there was like parts of it, like where I just, it just, I didn't like, like at the end after like the whole thing's happening in the department of mystery and Harry's running after Bellatrix and she like, he does throws the curse at her. And this whole thing is not right. Cause she's the one that like taunts him, but it's actually Voldemort that's hunting him in the movie. And she's like scared of him. I'm like, in no world, in no world would Bellatrix be afraid of Harry. Like, stop. Yeah, true. And that I was like, that's wrong. You're wrong. Especially because she like deflected a spell from Dumbledore himself yeah. behind her back. She's not afraid of anything. Yeah. Nothing. Yeah. yeah, for real. For real. So Katie. What? Oh, oh how done. Sorry. Sorry. No, I was just thinking we should all give it a rating. So like this is. How oh, we yeah, do. that's a good um, idea. <laughs> Tiffany and I have a podcast called the Padawan Transmissions. Oh, and I know we, we rate movies um, out of droids, like 10 droids. I obviously do B- BB-8 units because I love BB-8. How about magic wands? I was going to say lightning bolts. <laughs> we could each like pick a different bolts. thing. Oh, we could. We could. We could. Because oh. I do BB-8. She does R2-D2. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. We each had to do something different. So we'll go in order. (laughs) Tiffany, yours is lightning bolts, I'm guessing, right? No, I was going to change it. That's fine. You can change it. Can I change it? Okay. Can I do how many Deathly Hallows? (laughs) That's three items. As one. That's uh, fine. I'll allow it. Uh, yeah, if the oh, other women on this oh, podcast are okay with it. Thank I'm you. Okay with it. Thank you. Um, I'm going to give Order of the Phoenix. So out of 10 Deathly Hallows, I'm going to give it. <laughs> Stop laughing at me. <laughs> it just sounds funny. I'm going to give it. How many Order of the Phoenix? Does, wait, no. How many? <laughs> how many Hallows does it get? I think I'm going to give it six. Six out of 10 Hallows. Okay. Okay. All right. Megan, what is your object or what, what do you want to rate it with? Go I'm going to do. <laughs> yeah, I'll do Slytherin lock, Slytherin's locket. Okay. Uh-huh. Um, I know this is controversial, but I'm giving it a 10 out of 10. 10 <laughs> Slytherin lockets out of 10. What? <laughs> what? So you're saying that this movie is perfect. Okay. 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 This, All right. Hold on. Hold on. I'll give it a nine. I'll give it a nine. Change nothing. I'm, I'm giving it a nine. It's already in the dock. No, I just changed it. Nine Slytherin lockets. Sarah's you like that be perfect. She went hard with ten. Well, as soon as I said it, I was like, "Wait, do I really like this one more than Half Blood Prince?" Because like those two for me are like my favorite. So. I'll go with nine. All right, we'll I'll go get, with we'll I'll like... go with nine point five. Oh, <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Can we find a new Slytherin that doesn't think this crappy movie's that good? <laughs> oh, oh, <my> god. oh no! <laughs> oh. Katie, what what would you like to judge with? Uh, Ginger Newts, please. Oh, okay, okay, I like that. Oh, going all different. Mine's okay. similar. 
I'm going to give it a 6.75 because it's not quite worthy of a 7, but it's not all the way down to a 6. Okay. (laughs) So I'm going to do Ron. (laughs) (laughs) How many Rons do you give this movie, please? I almost almost like, should I do Ron's thumbs? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Like thumbs up, you know. Yeah, I, yeah, I get it. Um, I'm gonna do a five and a half. Okay, okay, okay. That's a lot of runs. <laughs> oh my god! I don't love this movie because if I don't love this movie, if you compare it to the book, that. You can't like in my mind. You you I can't. Love that you're trying to say you can't compare the book and the movie when that's what this episode is about. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. But I I think that I do a good job of separating them, and that's why I enjoy this movie so much. If I focused on the comparisons, yes, this movie would be terrible. But and we can you know we'll talk about it throughout the episode. But like for me, it's just. The visuals of this movie are my favorite. For who? For, For who? me. Okay. <laughs> it's the visuals. So. I I, I get that. It's the visuals for me. It's the visuals also, for me. the way that they nailed Umbridge's character. Thought you were she say, was oh, ca- oh, the casting okay. for the casting Umbridge was, was perfect, which I feel and bad I, saying yeah. because yeah. like she's described as an ugly toad like woman, but like <laughs> she's cute. She's not ugly. She's ugly. She just does kind of fit the description. She's ugly. ugly. Okay. (laughs) And the acting for Umbridge was done so well. And the soundtrack. She she, like made you hate her. So, so John Williams didn't do Goblet of Fire. Was he back for five? Mm, I think he just did one through three. I think he just did one, two, and three. Hold on. But there were like the other the things like I didn't I think like this the friends. Nicholas no, Cooper. Wasn't there. Hold on, because I had a, um and Glop I answered a question yesterday. Well done about that. I believe it was Nicholas Ho- Hooper. Hold on, Hooper. Uh, yeah, Nicholas Hooper did the score for Order of the Phoenix. Is that the only um, one though? Who did the rest of the movies? Oh no, they're like all over the place. Um, okay, oh, so man. four is Patrick Doyle. One, two, and three were John Williams. Um, four was Patrick Doyle. Five is Nicholas Hooper. I think six is Nicholas Hooper. Yep. Seven. So maybe the question that I answered was which Andre Desplat. Like, what was the first movie that he didn't compose for? And that's Goblet. Goblet. And I got that right yesterday when I was taking Goblet. a quiz. It was fun. <laughs> all right you want to start this uh no sweet stuff well that's too bad <laughs> so all of our information um is going to be coming from our own brains and a large part of it like for the flow of the episode to go like go through the movie it's going to be coming from um somebody's uh i almost said vlog which is incorrect the blog tinyobsessions.wordpress.com and this person did um, the book to movie comparison for for us. So we're going to kind of flow with their writing, honestly, because if, if we were to construct this ourselves, it would have been days and days and days of dissecting. And so we're going to rely on other fans to help us through. 
Give them credit where credit is due. Yep. That rhymed. <laughs> okay. So after the Dementor attack, Mrs. Fig explains to Harry and Mundungus Fletcher, um, and he was supposed to be on duty. So that's like the first mention. <sighs> Wait. Sure. Can we talk about this scene with the freaking Dementors and how Harry pokes it in the face with his wand? Oh, my God. I don't even <laughs> remember that part. <laughs> he thought about the troll, and when he shoved his wand up its nose, he's like, yeah, I'll do that again. <laughs> like, that's so insane. Trial and error, you know? In the, <laughs> so since they kind of, like, skipped over this a little bit in this comparison, um, I want to talk a little bit about the playground scene, too. Because where, I think um, where Dudley's got a mouthful of cotton. Yes. Yeah. This one deserved it. Deserved um. it. <laughs> <laughs> First of all, I think terrible. that Harry Melling did such a good job of portraying purely bully Dudley in that mm-hmm. scene. Yeah. It was done very yeah. well, even though, yeah, we laugh about the cotton in his mouth. Which is just funny, um, but I liked how this is. This is me. Hi, I gave it nine and a half. One thing I liked was how they portrayed that beginning, where you like hear the news talking over the scene, talking about how hot it is, and then they show yeah. like all of basically like the dead grass and you know Harry basically by himself in this park, and Dudley and his gang coming up. Like I just think that it was done well you're so artsy fartsy today I'm one, loving it. one thing though is he called does in the book because i don't remember because it's been so long since we started it um does harry call him out and start talking to him or does yeah he looks yeah funny. harry does in the book yeah okay. yeah yeah he wanted it right he wanted yeah. to, he wanted to take his well, anger sure. out and dudley was right there right there um so so going back to the dementor attack did you think they were spooky enough up close like that i was looking at the details of the rotted hands and i thought it was really really great yeah yeah i mean it's described as like like glistening and scabby in the book and like i think they did a pretty good job Mm -hmm. yeah yeah this movie was dark by the way the aesthetic of this movie was like very was it was it more bluish to you Kind of. Yes. Which yeah, I'm sure like was... On purpose. Yeah. Absolutely. Nothing Nothing that they do, I feel like, is not, like, on purpose, especially with the designs and everything. There's so much that goes into it. Um, the only thing I wasn't ever a fan of with the Dementors, but I don't have, like, a solution for it, is, like... Like, it, it portrays as if they are constantly sucking your soul, and that's not it. It's like they're sucking the happiness... But, like, I feel like there's, like, a disconnect in what it actually represents. But I don't know how else they would have done it. Yeah. Yeah. They're trying to show you that physical. Right. Like, because they have right. to show you. They can't just, you can't just write about how Harry's feeling. Right. right. You have to show yeah. you something. Yeah I, yeah. I get it. I don't know the solution to that either. Right. So we're sucking so I'm going to complain. Today. But, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So in the book, um, after Harry explains how Dudley was attacked by a Dementor and Vernon asks what it is, Petunia blurts out like the explanation. 
and that both Harry and and uh, Vernon are like, what? And, she, you know, she was talking about a long time ago with that, quote, horrible boy, which is ends up being Snape. And then in the book, Harry receives several letters because he's expelled. Right. And then he's not. <laughs> so the yeah, first... this all happened very quickly. Yeah. So the the that is the theme yeah. of this movie. Things quick. Yeah. happen very quick, which make which makes you not truly understand the time that is going on, I think. Mm-hmm. Like the length of time or yeah. and yeah, there's just because this is the longest Harry has gone without communication on a summer break, right? And like I feel like yeah. that's not necessarily conveyed because it's like the Dementor thing happens and then boom, the order's there. You know, they and basically it's like, just show you an angry surface yeah. level angry Harry, right? right. And they kind yeah. of expect the uh, movie watcher to kind of put the pieces together. Yeah. So. Yeah. All right. Um, so the first letter from Mafalda Hopkirk about using uh, magic in front of a muggle. So you're expelled, bro. Sorry. We're going to take your wand. And then there's a second one from Arthur Weasley telling him that Dumbledore's at the ministry and he's trying to sort everything out. Don't do anything wild. Then a third... Hey, letter from Mafalda Hopkirk again, telling Harry that the ministry has decided that you can keep your wand and, you know, we'll just put you on full trial. They didn't say that. Um, but, you know, you're going to come to the ministry. And then a fourth letter from Sirius saying that um, Arthur told him and everybody else what happened and whatever he does, he can't leave. Like, don't do anything dangerous. And I remember that really grinded Harry's gears hearing that from from serious you know yeah and then petunia receiving the howler remember my last petunia yeah where was that nowhere and all you know if, <laughs> if you're been just great. watching the movie and you're not reading the books like it's weird oh wait hold on what what does books or movie six start with? Is he still at home? Like does he does it start at him at Privet Drive? Because Yeah, I think so. Movie-wise, I think so, yeah. Tells him he's like, You're like you're done. Like I'm kicking you out and there's no nothing to say like no, he's staying, you know, like they do in the book. No, that's um, not the beginning of six. He's with Dumbledore. No, this this I'm well, you don't the beginning see... of six is him. You don't yeah, see so you don't it. see Privet Drive at all in six because he's at that underground station flirting with the girl, and then Dumbledore arrives, and then they go see Horace Slughorn, and then boom, he's at the burrow. Yeah, yeah. So, so you don't even see the Dursleys. Until the seventh yeah. movie, you you might truly believe he's been kicked out. <laughs> right, that's fair. <laughs> so I'm playing devil's advocate here. Because a lot of people seem to be disappointed that the whole Dumbledore Petunia thing didn't happen, which as a fan, I get. But if you're really thinking about like important plot points, it's not really needed. Yeah. Is it a a cool fact and a cool thing to know? Absolutely. But it's not really a needed thing to push the story forward. Cinematically cinematically yeah i agree so the only thing is that like the whole the only issue i have for the movie is like him being kicked out and nothing he's like that's it you're done here 
and then and there's no explanation yeah and then he we see he's back in seven so yeah i don't i it never like busted my gut that uh busted i don't know i think that they were probably just relying on people to forget and probably yeah you know yeah and and i and i get that like we've talked about this many a time on this podcast about how we like actively have to try and like enjoy the movies for what they are yeah um we have to forget that reader side of ourselves but like i feel like if you read a book and watch a show on anything you're gonna be disappointed in some kind of fashion probably i won't say that like for everything and everybody but like uh maybe Except you go Harry in Potter and, and you... the Sorcerer's Stone. Dude, I'm just saying. Agree. I hate no. it. I agree. Um but like you sometimes maybe in your mind you're looking for something in the movie that you've constructed a picture of or your own little movie scene in your head and you think that it's of value for the moviegoers or for the show watchers and then you get there and then it's not there and you're kind of like what? So, like, I've done that before. Like, I I understand that, like, not every single little tiny thing can be put in. I wish it would. But, and I would watch it. And I feel like others would be completely with me on that. Um, Mm -hmm. But, like, uh, for example, not even about this movie, but the whole battle scene, like, the, the, in six, is, like, so cut. And it really disappointed me. And I had to like actively be like, okay, okay, okay. They cut it to for what was needed for for moviegoers, and I just had to be okay with it. Yeah, yeah. But um, at the same, you know, at the same <clears throat> same. What am I trying to say? To Fine. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> to go off of that, I guess. Thinking like both of my parents had not read any of the Harry Potter books, I finally. Got my mom to start reading them. She's on Prisoner of Azkaban right now. So but um, they were confused watching the movies after Chamber of Secrets. Like nothing made sense after Chamber of Secrets. Same and I think that, yeah, same with our friend Chris. I don't think that he really ever would have gotten into them, if I'm being honest. But but he said he liked he the said first that he two. enjoyed one and two. Yeah. And then three, he was just like, I don't know what's happening. <laughs> so he just became completely disinterested. And. Uh, it's just they were I think that once we hit three they were dependent on the they were dependent on the book readers because they were really I think I think in the end they were making these movies for the book readers because you didn't need all of the background information as a book reader you could just watch the movies and be like oh I get it I know what's happening I know where we are and that was their thought process I think while making these especially with five because like they I think they were able to get away with the fast pace in five because they were dependent on people to have read the books and understand what's happening Otherwise, if you're watching these movies with fresh eyes and you don't know any background, they're confusing. So I think that that's just how the Potter. I think the Potter franchise as a whole is kind of meant to be. And I'm by no means trying to like downgrade people who don't read the books because like you do you. And if you are already in love with these stories by just reading by by just watching the movies, then this doesn't apply to you because you obviously get it or you've like done your research or reached out and found answers to questions or whatever. 
But like Harry Potter as a whole is meant to be enjoyed as the entire franchise, not necessarily one or the other. I think, you know, like to get its full enjoyment, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I get it. Like the movies give you the highlights. Right. You know, girl, we hear you. We hear you. But if that's all you like, then, you know, good for you. Yeah. We say that all the time. You're still a fan. You still stand. You still stand. <laughs> so the storyline about Bill Weasley moving back to England to be closer to his family with his new position at Gringotts and the Order of the Phoenix and Charlie being in charge of like recruiting foreign wizards. So the order has been completely omitted from the movie. But I mean, honestly, I think that that's totally fine. Like we were talking about, like this is for the highlights. Um, And then Percy Weasley standing with, Oh, go ahead. I was just kidding. The only thing I don't like is that Charlie's not in any movie. Like you'd forget that there's another brother, you know? Yeah. He's just like mentioned. Yeah. But, but I mean, maybe they could have cast, I don't know. I don't know in the books that much, but yeah, yeah, I, I, I understand that. Um, so Percy Weasley standing with the Ministry of Magic is like sudden and it's unexplained in the movie. And there's no mention of him disowning his family when he chose to support the ministry. But the whole time I was watching this the other day, I was like, there's Chris, there's Chris, there's Chris <laughs> like, trying to point him out because honestly, he's very much looked over like you, you would you would miss Percy um, up until I feel like there's a scene where he's walking with the minister and then in Dumbledore's office, like it's very, very blipped in that story. It really is yeah. cut out. So if you didn't read it, you wouldn't really know that there's a riff in the family. And again, like this is another one of those instances <laughs> where it's like, is it something that is interesting in the books absolutely does it need to happen to push the storyline forward no unfortunately so like that's why it wasn't there you know tiffany's saying it's a riff in the family makes me think there's a riff in the family (laughs) (laughs) you know there's a witch in the family oh i get it (laughs) isn't it wonderful wonderful? So in in the book, Harry yells at Ron and Hermione about everything that he's done in his whole wizarding career and about like Dumbledore, like not telling him anything. And he mentions saving the stone, killing the basilisk, fighting Dementors, getting through the maze, fighting Voldemort in the in the graveyard. And in the movie, um, he doesn't really yell, but kind of goes on like a single lined rant. I'm the one who saw Voldemort return. I'm the one who fought him. I'm the one who saw Cedric Diggory get killed. So they like downplay that a lot. And I feel like you're supposed to get that shouty capitals. What everybody at the time was like angsty Harry, which we've covered very thoroughly. He's not just teenage angst. Mm -hmm. Um, You're supposed to get that from his mannerisms. You're supposed to pick that up in the playground scene in the very beginning. Like that's where you're supposed to pick up. Um, how he's feeling and so the whole speech that he gives at uh, number 12 is kind of gone and then like in the previous movie Dobby is not featured 
So Neville serves as a substitute for Dobby in most of the interactions that they have. Um, Creature's role is largely diminished. He only appears in two scenes and is not mentioned to have given information to Narcissa um, and misinformation to Harry, which is what eventually led to the Battle of the Department of Mysteries. Well, and like when this movie came out, they weren't even going to have Creature mm-hmm. in the film at all. Oh, yeah. yes, I remember and this tidbit. The author was like, oh, no, no, he's important later on. So you might want to put him in the film. <laughs> Truth. Like, uh, he's essential. So, <laughs> yeah, you're going to you're going to create this guy. I think that, that then, was a really stupid oh, bit of like, we don't want to spend the money on effects. Yeah. Which is just so Spend stupid for how much money this crop. franchise made. I gotta like, say that Creature yeah. looks good. Creature does look good. I think Creature looks really great. Good. Yeah. Creature they looks spent great. spent it all in Creature and didn't give enough to Grop. Uh, <laughs> well, they probably like had all that money aside for Grop and then they're like, oh shoot, we have to oh, do Creature too. They were like... <laughs> Split it in now half. To create it's like, you know when you're in high school or in college and you got a giant project due and then you realize you're like i got time i got time i got time and then you look at your calendar like oh it's due in an hour that's crop <laughs> oh my god it makes me think of family guy when chris brings a diorama to class and he goes i thought you said diarrhea it's a box of poop oh my god <laughs> And then in the book, Sirius tells Harry about his family's history and him being disowned shortly after Harry arrives at Grimald Place. Um, and this is before his hearing. While in the movie, that whole thing takes place during the Christmas holiday. It's like they took the book and like imagine the book's a puzzle. And then they're like, well, <laughs> we actually it. wanted to look at this way. Took some pieces out like, and added it to the next movie, too. Yeah, like, they kind of just like fudged it together. <laughs> like, well, that piece looks like it fits there. So it's fine. Yeah. Really. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. All right. Thus ends the red. It does. So um, this is kind of a little thing. But during Harry's hearing... Dumbledore produces an armchair out of the air for him to sit on and then another for Mrs. Fig. Um, But there's also no mention about Mrs. Fig's history and about her being a squib. So it's not really necessarily explained how she can. Honestly, she doesn't she doesn't describe what the Dementors look like. She describes how it feels. Doesn't she in the movie? Yes. Yeah. So I guess maybe well, no, they I kind she of. She says like they had black cloaks. I swear she might have said. Well, it was kind of like funny because then she started talking about the boys. <laughs> right. Yes. Yeah. 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 Like Not a moment the of comic boys. Relief. The Dementos. What, Katie? Did you, would you up? say that he drew up a chair? He did draw up a chair. He drew it. In the air. Wonderful artist. Um, in the book also. It is clearly stated that Amelia Bones is related to Susan Bones from Harry's year and is impressed by Harry's ability to conjure a Patronus, which is not talked about in the movie. Um, Again, like, not really an important piece of information. I mean, yes, we all know how impressive it is that Harry is so good at defense against the dark arts. That's why he can teach the kids in Dumbledore's army. 
I wonder though, like what that says about so like yes that it's talented magic, but then by the end of the year, he's teaching a lot of other students to be able to also produce Patronuses. Right, so he's pretty good teacher. Patronuses. Yeah. I always thought that that person was Mafalda Hopkirk, so thank you for clearing that up for me. What? The lady that says clear of all charges? Mafalda Hopkirk is who Harry turns into in Deathly Hallows. I mean, Hermione. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh no, yeah that makes sense now i just like i always just thought that that's oh, who it I was i don't know why it's they sound bones. similar that's yeah i always thought that until this last episode said, oh i'm like that's bones not whatever also i always want to make a joke about Susie bones from puffs but her storyline's so sad in that play i can't even joke about it <laughs> 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 um she does, however, clearly vote in favor of clearing him of all charges in the movie as well as in the book. Um, it's stupid for him to have charges, but, you know, we've talked about that. At yeah, I know. <laughs> um, so whenever Harry is shown the picture of the original Order of the Phoenix, he is in the book shown it by Mad-Eye Moody. Um, and he does not react well to seeing the photo. However, in the film, Sirius shows it to him and he's shown being happy about seeing it. I do personally like the scene with Sirius. This is another like I like this change. I think that it makes more sense coming from Sirius because it's a very emotional, personal thing. And it felt weird to me that Mad-Eye Moody was the one that showed him in all honesty. Um, so that's like a change that I personally like. Yeah. And probably Sirius showing it to him would have given him a different reaction. Um, So that makes sense to me. Except why is he in a fur robe? You're not naked when you (laughs) change from human to animal and back. You just keep clothes (laughs) on. It would make sense that they are, in my opinion. Like, where do your clothes go when you transform? Like Jacob from Twilight. Oh my God. Clothes rip off. (laughs) It's the Hulk. Lucky yeah. if you keep your shorts. Yeah. Um, so Harry, Ron, and Hermione and the others spend most of the summer at Grimald Place. <laughs> what? <laughs> at Grimald Place. Uh, and their job is to clean the house to make it more welcoming. That isn't really shown at all, is it? I mean, like, that's not. No. No, it's just they just kind of eavesdrop. But yeah, in no. the movie. Harry's hearing happens the day after he gets to the house. And then after that, they're just shown in King's Cross to go back to Hogwarts. So it's like we a night. don't even know like the night. Yeah, we don't even know the mention. It does. It feels like one single night. And then all of a sudden they're done. Mm-hmm. Um, we get no mention of Slytherin's locket. <sighs> Which um, would have been good. But maybe that, that probably wasn't. No, I don't know. That would have been available to them. Right? What? Do you think that information would have been available to the the writers of the movie? Oh, I'm sure. Oh, that it's going to become important. Well, later if she on. yeah, if she told them about creature, she could have told them about the locket. But I guess yeah. realistically, they they get around that pretty well. I think with the movies, they end up just I think um, so too. figuring yeah. out who Rab is and whatever. Yeah. Rab. Um, rab. Rab. That's so rab. So because because of the fact that we're missing out on a bunch of time at Grimald Place in the movie, we do not see Mrs. Weasley try to unsuccessfully remove a bog art from the dresser in the upstairs uh, room. Harry 
comes across her confronting her worst fears that all of her family and Harry will die. So we don't see that. Um, Hermione. I forgot we, about this, like until we read the books. Yeah. Completely forgot oh, about yeah. that. Yeah. It's not in the Very movie. Sad. That would have. So I personally kind of feel like that was left out because of how, like the, I feel like the movies tread on emotion and humor and that would have been heavy, heavy emotion to show. Yes. Um, so I can understand why that was cut out. I don't necessarily agree that it should have been, but I can see why it was. Yeah. Oh, can you see both sides? I can. I'm a Hufflepuff in that sense. Um, just like Bellatrix. Right? <laughs> Any, anytime we can just sneak that in. <laughs> um. Also, Hermione and Ron become prefix this year, and that's not really talked about. Um, in the book, it's a pretty big deal because Harry doesn't really understand why Ron was chosen over him. But I think, again, that this that would have <laughs> I feel bad, like constantly defending this movie, but I'm not going to feel bad because I like it. Stand your ground. So, I think that with the movies, they try not to. They tried not to put a lot of stress and tension on the friendship unless they felt it was absolutely necessary. And like Harry being jealous of Ron come without without being able to show all of the emotion um, of like building up and like Grimald and Harry and like the actual real like angsty Harry and like why he was that way and explain it. It would have just come across as petty to have Harry be so jealous of Ron in this moment. Whereas like in the book, we are in Harry's mind. So we understand it more. And that's really difficult to show in a movie. Um, so again, I personally understand why it was cut out. I wish that we would have seen Hermione and Ron, Ron become prefix and like do things that prefix do and all of that kind of stuff. But again, it wasn't really needed to push the story forward, so hence why it got cut. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard to say. I get it. It just because sucks. genuinely, <laughs> if I could sit down and watch a seven-hour movie on Order of the Phoenix, I personally would do it. And I know not everybody would, right. but I think a lot of us would. And I, I will just say, like, really, a lot of the stuff doesn't bother me. The part that bothers me the most in this film that was cut out is when he goes and has like sees Snape's memories, because that was the part I was looking for, forward to the yeah. most. And that's yeah. what I have issues with. Um, and Grop's face, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, anytime that there's actual real plot things being taken out, that's frustrating. Little things like this are, is personally stuff that I can let go and not care about. Um, and again, that's why I try really hard to just like separate them. So if I'm watching order of the Phoenix, I'm not thinking about the book order of the Phoenix. I'm just watching the film and I'm loving the visuals and all of that kind of stuff. So I like it. But um, another thing that is cut here is also the fact that Ron and Hermione would have been in the prefix carriage and Harry rode with Neville, Ginny and Luna. And that's where Ginny introduces Luna to them because they're both in the same year. And also, Neville's supposed to be able to see Thestrals, and Neville gives no indication that he can see them in the movie. However, it's made pretty clear that he can see them in 
the books. Um, this is a super simple different difference in the book. Harry and Seamus have their argument in the boys' dormitory, mm. just in front of Dean Neville. Dean and Neville, and then Ron comes in. Whereas in the movie, they have the argument in the common room in front of everybody instead, and then Ron come like steps in. I kind of like that. I do too because like there was pain points amongst everybody not just the kids in his year so like to see that argument play out in front of everybody um makes sense so cool um okay next okay next fact okay Okay. in the novel the textbook that the students use in dada um is called magical no defensive magical theory but in the film it is called dark arts defense basics for beginners which i think honestly i liked this because i think that it dumbs it down even more so it was like yeah it was just it was like another i don't know i i liked that It, it got the message across for the viewer as opposed to the reader right yes it let you know how big of um, a jerk Dolores is. <laughs> yeah. Well, not but even like, just Dolores, but like the government. Like they don't want yeah. them at yeah. all being prepared because they're trying to stay ignorant to the fact that Voldemort is back. That's another Absolutely. thing I didn't care for in the end. Was Fudge being like, he's back. He's back. He's back. He's back. Like I'm in my fifth year and you're giving me basics for beginners with children on the front cover. Like what the heck's going on? Yeah. Come on. Learn, um, right? <laughs> so I have to say, this out of everything is probably the one thing that made me knock it down by half of a point. <laughs> oh Lord. Because Umbridge couldn't ban Harry for life from oh, Quidditch. No. <laughs> because it was removed entirely from the movie. You are oh. banned for life. Banned for life. Oh, man. We need that on like a sticker. <laughs> oh yes, that's a great and idea. Write, write it down write that in down. your little notebook. I know I you got, got you. it. I got it. <laughs> Band for life with like a really awesome looking broom. <laughs> um, so Quidditch is completely removed from Order of the Phoenix, as well as Ron joining the team as keeper. Umbridge, yeah. like I just said, can't ban Harry, Fred, and George from the team. Um, and Ginny never joins the team this year to replace Harry. So this later does create a little bit of a plot hole, uh, because Ron tries out for the team in Half-Blood Prince and like Ginny is just there with no real explanation Mm. for how she's on the team. Yeah. Well, and this was super confusing because I remember like some parts of this were like in the next one and i was like wait 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 yeah and then i was like it's all you only see quidditch in the sixth movie yeah yep mm-hmm. yeah i know that the author yeah. was like tired of writing quidditch right well i think that the actors also didn't really love filming it it wasn't very comfortable to film you mean sitting on a little broomstick isn't cozy they should have done the cushioning charm <laughs> right they should have Hello. Hello. Cousin John here. So Angelina Johnson being the captain is admitted, and also Katie Bell and Alicia Spinnett are 
nowhere to be seen in this movie. However, yeah. Katie Bell comes back in Half Blood Prince because she gets cursed by the necklace. Mm-hmm. I told her not to touch it. <laughs> she don't laugh at that. Um, <laughs> also, because of the omission of a lot of the details regarding Percy leaving his family, the whole sending Hermes to deliver a letter to Ron to stop associating with Harry's omitted. Yeah. Um, Ginny's role, as always in these movies, is diminished. And we don't really know of her relationship with Michael Corner, though they are seen together at the Hogshead whenever they have their meeting for Dumbledore's army. Um, And Harry taking Hedwig to see Professor Grubbly plank to mend her wing, including finding Sirius's letter attached to Hedwig's leg was not in the film. And Sirius visiting the trio through the fire in the Gryffindor common room when Umbridge's hand comes through is cut from the film. So basically, like, the exclusion of these two scenes makes it... It doesn't make it as clear how much Umbridge was surveilling all forms of communication from very early on. Because those things happened pretty early in the school year. Also, the fire is different. The fire is different in this movie. Yeah, the fire is... The fire is different. It is. Um, So, like, in... What is it? Is it in Goblet? Yeah, it's in Goblet. He's talking like his face is like fully formed and he looks like um, the ashes. Right. Yeah, but it's not like floating. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and then this time it's like his face was it almost it was like barely visible and was just like in the flame this time rather than like in in the ashes and in the embers. And to be honest, I liked it. I liked it the way they did it in Goblet a lot better because you could see his face a lot better. But isn't it supposed to just be like their head like normal? Yeah. Yeah. I always the picture, flames are supposed to be green. I right? always picture I, the Sims when you click on them to give them an action and it's their head looking at all the options. Yeah. There's pictures sticking out of the fire. Yeah. Like I wonder if that just looked like too like not magical enough for them. You know what I mean? Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Who yeah, knows? maybe. Yeah, it's, it's like they, they were playing the movie, around. That's why. They were yeah, they were like playing around with all these different types and it's like shouldn't it look consistent? <laughs> they spent all the money there and well, not on Grop. You would think because remember the whole thing changed between movies 2 and 3 with like how where Hagrid's hut was and everything. So didn't care for that yeah it, like throughout <laughs> all of it. the mm-hmm. movies the landscape of hogwarts kind of changed yeah it was like they like added and moved and i don't know yeah mm-hmm. um let's see dobby so in the books dobby's the only house off cleaning the gryffindor common room but again we don't i don't think we see dobby at all in this movie do we no. no there's no dobby so the whole oh i mean like the entirety of spew is pretty much cut it's not um, in it yes. at all, right? No. Yeah. No. So Hermione leaving hats and socks around. That's not there. Um, <laughs> and because of that, how the room of requirement is discovered is a little bit different. So in the movie, Neville just kind of like finds the room by chance instead of Dobby telling Harry and Ron about it. Um, Padma Patil is again portrayed as being a Gryffindor, even though she <gasps> is a Ravenclaw. Oh, I actually never even realized that. <laughs> Forgot. Well, they did that in Goblet. Yeah, she was a Gryffindor. Both of them were, both the sisters were. Because they like uh, walked by in the common room yeah. together. Yes. 
it's probably just easier that way. Shame. Um, whatever, Megan. You just keep, you know, pushing that nine point five. It's whatever. It's a great movie. <laughs> After the kiss between Show and Harry, Hermione says that Show's worried about failing her OWLs, but Show in the books is stated as a year ahead of Harry, so she would have taken her OWLs already. Oh, I didn't catch that. Um, and then Harry and. George's assault on Draco after he insults Lily Potter and Arthur and Molly is omitted. And this is after the alter- altercation that both twins and Harry get banned for life from playing Quidditch. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's nothing there for Umbridge to take away from them. So why do that scene? No Quidditch. Right. No Quidditch. Ooh. Shall we move on to the yellow? Yes. Yellow. Cool. All right. Um, in the book, during a care of magical creatures class, Hagrid tells the class about Thestrals. That's how we learn about them. Um, and there, Harry and Neville both see them. But in the movie, it's Luna, who is the one who shows Harry the Thestrals, and Neville, I think, as Mike said, like never acknowledges them. Yeah, um, I do like that interaction between Harry and Luna. Um, it kind of like takes what we see with them in the ending and like adds to it earlier on. Like you see him like soften towards her a little bit and you soften towards Luna too, because she talks about how if you're different, people look at you funny and don't. I always loved Luna. Right. (laughs) Um, but you know, the raw meat was a little awkward. NBD. Yeah. (laughs) Well, and it's funny because. Yeah. No, I like yeah, saw I think about it, it and I was like, I don't <laughs> care for that. Like, it just looked, it was like hanging out in her bag, which is gross. And then maybe that's her meat bag. <laughs> Sickening. Oh my god. I'm but sorry. isn't who? What's her name that plays? She's a vegan, Ivana right? Lynch. Oh so yeah. I, mean, I wonder if she like had issues with like handling that because like it could have been. But fake. Was she a vegan then? I don't know. Maybe is it that's real meat? Her, it could have been fake to be a vegan. Could have been fake. <laughs> It's still gross. Still gross. I'm like, girl, wash your hands. <laughs> but the Thestrals, like, I'm sure other people don't think this, but they're so cute. Oh, I like they them. They really a lot. are. They're adorbs. Yeah, they're pretty freaking cute. Yeah, they're they're just really cool looking and they're sweet. Whatever. Um, in the book, Harry witnesses the attack on Mr. Weasley. And when he wakes up, Neville goes to get McGee, who then takes him and Ron to Dumbledore's office. And then there, the Weasleys and Harry all take a porky back to Grimald Place. But in the movie, Harry has, right after he sees, he has his dream, and he tells Dumbledore what happens, he immediately has his first Aquamancy lesson with Snape. Like, right after. Again, cutting out time. Yes. Because it's just this movie is so go, go, go. So fast. Yeah. Aside from the stuff they pushed to the six, you know, because we still needed to get that in there. We just didn't apparently have time to put it in the shortest movie or whatever. Um, <laughs> but this book, shortest movie. Right. And in the book, he learns about those oh, occlumency lessons during Christmas break was serious. It's actually not the shortest movie. Oh yeah, that's Death- right, isn't Death- it? Deathly, Deathly Hallows, Hallows Part one. Two. Is. Oh two. Oh, you're right. You're yeah, right. Yeah, Deathly Hallows Part Two is the shortest, which could have been the longest, in my opinion. But that's neither here nor there. You know. <laughs> um, in the movie, 
all scenes with St. Mungo's are cut out. So we never see Lockhart again. And we definitely don't see Neville's parents. Uh, In the book, Harry finds out about Neville's parents from Dumbledore um, before Neville's other friends learn of it. And in the film, Sirius tells Harry how they suffered from a fate worse than death. And later on, Neville tells Harry more about it in the Room of Requirement. So they kind of gave like more control to Neville in the movie because in the book, he did not expect them to be there and see his parents. And like, that's a part of himself that he wasn't ready to share yet. Um, But also like, I think seeing that would have been better than Neville just saying, Hey, this happened to them. Yeah. But also was it necessary? I like this scene Mm -hmm. because it gives, it takes a lot of courage to say something like that. Cause doesn't he say like, you know, Bellatrix is the one that did it. She's like, but I'm not really, ready for everyone else to know so i like that even though it is different from the books um that he trusts harry enough to tell him something that it's hard for him to talk about it's hard and he doesn't want other people to know yet yeah that's Um, true it says a lot for neville and it, it takes a lot of courage and like as much as you know he's seen as maybe not the most courageous like he he does a lot of courageous things like standing up to your friends and like book one movie one and now doing this it takes a lot of guts to do what he did yeah 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 for absolutely sure. um in the movie there is no date between harry and Cho. it's totally cut out and the relationship is largely played down um yeah. you kind of just get like little glances and I think this is the movie where Harry like spits out his juice on himself because Cho <laughs> looks at him. <laughs> so like that's cute, but we really don't see much of them at all. I like after they like kiss and Ron was like, "Oh, he she's crying. You like you must not have been that good." And then Hermione has that whole spiel, and then she just starts <laughs> laughing. I yeah. love that scene because like that's her genuinely laughing, and it's just cute. Mm-hmm. Like it's a cute, yeah. Agreed. And no, I know this is not, he did not spit the juice in this movie because that haircut's goblet haircut. Oh, dang, you're right. Thank you. <laughs> That's for what I wanted to say. I love goblet haircut. Harry's haircut in this it's movie. So he looks good. So good. Yeah. He when looks this real movie good. came out, I literally was like, oh, hello, Mr. Potter. You are an attractive man. <laughs> oh, someone, goodness. I remember a long, long, long time ago, like maybe when the movie first came out, someone was like, I don't like Harry's hair. He looks like a postman. And I was like, what? <laughs> I don't know. A postman. Who says that? I have no idea. I don't remember. Wait a minute, Mr. Postman. Wait. Uh, Okay. Someone else who's cut from this film is Rita Skeeter. Because if you remember, Harry, or not Harry, Hermione blackmailed her. Found out she's an animagus, blah, 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 which we also never find out via the films. Um, and throughout book five, she blackmails Rita into writing articles that support Harry, even though the rest of the Wizarding World is denying that he's correct and just says that he's crazy. Um, so that's totally gone. I don't think we ever see her again, right? No. No. We no. just hear about her in Deathly Hollows. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, in the film, Hagrid mentions that the centaurs are so angry towards humans because the Ministry of Magic took away their land, but 
It's actually because Ferenz took up as divination teacher, which is not talked about at all. And the centaurs are angry because he's giving away their secrets to the students. Also because Grop is in the forest with them. So we don't see, we don't see Ferenz again at all. We just see like rando centaurs. Like we don't see Bane or (laughs) any of them we have met. Yeah. (laughs) Um, In the book, Dobby goes to the room of requirement to tell Harry that Umbridge and her squiz squad is on the way. (laughs) But in the movie, they find out because like she's trying to break through the wall and eventually does. Which is garbage. Yeah. yeah. It's just, it's strange if you think of that. Why couldn't they have had Dobby come back? I don't know. I guess because, like, we didn't see any of, like... creature. They have no more budget. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. No more budget for any house elves. (laughs) I don't know. Um, In the book, the DA is discovered because... I'm scared to mention this name. Marietta Edgecombe (laughs) (laughs) tattled to Umbridge. But in the film, like, we don't meet Marietta at all. It's Cho who the blame goes on because she was tricked with Veritaserum um, by Umbridge. Do they show, like, the sneak on Cho's face at all? No, they just show, like, you eventually find out. You see that, like, they pull Cho in and she's to blame. Like, she cracked, right? And everyone doesn't want to talk to her. And then later on we hear from Snape that Umbridge used her last, the last of the Veritaserum on her. Yeah. Yeah. But that's it. Um, Also in the film, that is used for why her and Harry break up. So, like, I guess that's okay because in the book, they really do just kind of, like, drift apart. Because as we've talked about, like, Harry's not the same person that he was before and after. They fizzled. They fizzled. (laughs) Yeah. But if you just put that, like, in the film, that wouldn't make any sense. Because you don't see any of that background stuff that you just read. So they had to put it somewhere. Dumbledore's escape is a little bit different book to movie. Um, He is, in the book, he's helped by Kingsley, who alters Marietta's memories, knocks everyone else out in the room, except for Harry and McGonagall. And that line where it says, like, you can't deny he's got style, that actually is said by... Uh, Phineas Nigellus Black, not Kingsley. Yeah. But we don't meet Phineas ever at all in the films. I'm glad that Kingsley said it, though, in the movies. It was good. I like He delivers it very well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, this is what me and Sarah, I think, rage about pretty hard with this movie. So in the book, Harry, Harry sees Snape being harassed by James and Sirius via his pensive. Um, but in the film, Harry casts a shield against Snape's legitimacy spell and sees Snape, Snape's memories. Also in the film, it's only James that bullies Snape while Sirius just watches. But I remember being so excited to see a glimpse into the past here, and it was a fraction of a second, and I was like, what? What just happened? <laughs> it made me really sad. Aww. And then lastly, uh, Umbridge tries to slip Veritaserum into Harry's drink and asks him to turn, asks him where Dumbledore and Sirius Black are. And that's how we find out that her fireplace is the only one not being watched, which I don't even think, I don't know how we find that out in the film. I think they just assume. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't, it's never said. And then they're just in the office and then they immediately get caught. Like they don't even get to talk to anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, 
uh, what do they even say about like they the in Squiz Squad comes in and they have uh, Neville. They're like, oh, we caught him helping like the Weasley girl. It's like, all right, whatever. Yeah. Um, another thing that's omitted is Harry's career advice. That whole thing is gone. Mm. Um, yep. Because and it says this would contradict the next film as Harry mentions being told he needed an O for his potions OWLs to continue, but then that conversation never happened in the movie, which is too bad because like I love seeing uh, McGonagall like stand up to Umbridge because McGonagall's you know amazing and Umbridge is not. <laughs> So in the book, Umbridge and McGonagall row, they fight about how she um, punishes students during Harry's career guidance meeting. But they also has like a minor disagreement during class inspections. But in the film, we don't even see McGonagall's uh, class inspection at all. We only see her inspecting Trelawney. And then she's not even inspecting Hagrid, but she like goes to see him the second he gets in. And she's like, well, where were you? Like, what were you doing? And she's like, I demand to tell me. He's like, I'm not telling you anything. Um, And like (laughs) the only time we see there, they have the conversation on the steps. And I like... You know, I liked the whole scene where, like, she's walking up and she's, like, taking, like, I'm getting the high ground. And then Umbridge (laughs) questions McGonagall's loyalty. And, like, that makes her step back where, like, she's, like, you're questioning my loyalty. Like, wow. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. Such a good scene. Yeah. And then, like, what I don't like, though, and it's not, like, it just is, it's, like, a nod to how good Umbridge is. Well, Imelda is in playing Umbridge. Because then she, like, talks to everyone and she's, like... This, things are at Hogwarts aren't good. Like, nope, the ministry's going to want to hear. Like, I'm going to tell Fudge. It's like, Ugh, you're the worst. <laughs> Quite literally. <laughs> so the Weasley twins prank, um, they last a lot longer. Sorry, I thought I heard something weird. Sorry. <laughs> you're good. It threw me off. So the prank lasts a lot longer with a lot of things going on, like all around the school. Um, and they were never on their broomsticks, which is um, they were in the book. We're locked in Umbridge's office. And life. they start. So they started it to allow Harry to use the flu network to talk to Sirius. But we know that whole thing never happened. Um, oh, no, no, they did talk to. Well, it's not happening in the movie anyways. So they only flee <laughs> when cornered by Umbridge and um, the famous portable swamp is not even in the film at all. Um, Grop is portrayed as very gentle whilst in the book. He is not. Um, he even strikes Hagrid in the face during his appearance in the, the book. Harry and Hermione were introduced to Grot by Hagrid while the school was distracted by Quidditch uh, where Ron was playing that didn't happen in the books. I mean, the movie, you know what I'm talking about. (laughs) (laughs) Oh gosh. In the book, Cornelius fudges horrors and Dolores Umbridge try to take Hagrid away. And as a result, McGonagall gets hit by four stunning spells and gets taken to St. Mungo's. That does not happen in the books or the movies. Oh, (laughs) I guess. (laughs) But I think that would have been honestly really traumatic to like witness. Um, Something like that happened to McGonagall because it's traumatic for me to read. 
Um, in the book, several weeks elapse between the Weasley twins leaving and the OWL exams, where Harry sees the vision of Sirius being tortured at the Ministry of Magic during the exams. Um, in the film, these occur one after the other on the same day, along with Harry, Ron, and Hermione getting caught by Umbridge trying to use her flu network connection. Um, we see that Harry gets to talk to to Creature in the books, he doesn't even get to talk to anybody. Like he, he like barely gets in the office before they're caught by Umbridge. Um, <laughs> Plan fails. And then instantly <laughs> Umbridge reveals to Harry and his friends that she is the one who sent the Dementors to Harry discreetly without Fudge's knowledge as a way to discredit them. And like in the um, film, which is not in the books, she slaps him or smacks him across the face. Mm-hmm. And I didn't remember that i was like ah! i'm like you can't you can't do that <laughs> <laughs> that's how oh, i thought so. oh, oh. <laughs> umbridge <laughs> <laughs> it was a lot to take in <laughs> she also doesn't Anyways. freak out at snape yeah like she gets unhinged yeah, yeah, yeah. in that i mean yeah she literally yes yes she yeah. literally was like doesn't she like tell him in the book like you're suspended like basically like, i'm firing you because you don't have what i need and he's like yeah i can't help it you used it all uh-huh. what um, if he was like you can't Marietta. fire me i quit yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was also thinking like you're the worst i hate working here but um lily <laughs> oh well, i gotta work because of oh i like <laughs> I, <laughs> I wonder if he knew he was gonna die soon oh my That's gosh really somebody should draw him saying that but like as a frog because it sounds like ribbit <laughs> a frog. frog saying oh well, like. and so in the book that's different is like how the whole um getting to oh getting to uh the forest because i think in the books like hermione's the one but is harry the one that says it like oh it's the weapon like we're, we're gonna show you blah 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 so they go out there and then they come back because um umbridge is the worst and starts choking out one of the uh thestrals they're not a thestral that's what? a centaur i wanted to call them a dementor <laughs> but that's not what they were either a thementor <laughs> And I love this line where, like, she's like, tell him I mean no harm. First of all, that's a lie because you mean harm to everyone but yourself. Truth. Um, and Harry's like, I must not tell lies, Professor. And it's like, yes, <laughs> you go. <laughs> Such Snaps a good for Harry. And so then Ugh. they're trying to figure out, like, how they're going to leave. And, like, Harry doesn't really, like, in the books, he's very much like, y'all aren't coming with me. And he's like, at the time, he's like, there's only two Thestrals. It's Ron and I. And Hermione's like, you're not leaving without me. Yeah. Uh, and he's because he's really thinking like, I'd ra- he'd rather just go with Ron and Hermione. And in the movie, it's just like, well, how are we all going to get there? And then her, um, Luna points out, she's like, Thestrals. And Harry's like, that's a good idea. <laughs> um, and obviously in the film or in the book, Harry, Luna and Neville can all see them nobody else can and in the movie it's just harry and luna um so then in the department of mysteries they go through a lot of rooms before they get to um to the hall of prophecy which all were admitted from the movie including like they don't even see the death room until after the whole thing um in the ballroom you know the ball pit Mm-hmm. You know what? You know what else isn't in there? With all the dusty balls. Yeah. <laughs> McDonald's doll pit. Ball, 
doll pit? Ugh. Oh, that's scary. <laughs> no, but like a huge, a huge thing was that was omitted uh, were the chickens. Yeah. Yeah. What they the didn't want to get their <laughs> secret out there, Tiffany. Where's the People chicken? People who haven't listened to that Felix Fire are like, what? Chickens? <laughs> <laughs> amazing. Oh, okay. Oh, so, also, Death Eaters apparate, uh, their apparition is different. During the Battle of the Department of Mysteries, Hermione gets critically injured by a curse from Dalhov. Ron is attacked um, by disembodied brains. That's not funny. Um, in the Thought Chamber. <laughs> Ginny's ankle is broken. Neville Longbottom's nose and Wander broken. Luna Lovegood gets knocked out while attempting to perform. Uh, Colo Portis and Tonks, Moody and Kingsley are also injured in the duels. Um, and like, it all happens like pretty quickly. What I do like though, well, he, Harry, they find, they find his name on the ball or like, you know, that's his ball. <laughs> and he pulls it off the thing and it immediately starts talking. Right. But like in the, books that's not how it happens and then uh lucius is like oh you fell into our trap (laughs) um and (laughs) straight off the bat harry's like you try to get it i'm gonna break it like that's not at all because they don't know what the the, uh prophecy says in the book so he's like they don't want it to be broken um so it's a little different and then there's bellatrix you know doing an itty bitty potter baby porter yeah and it says the levy corpus spell is uh, only introduced in the next book so were the nonverbal spells for the golden trio bellatrix doesn't kill sirius let's talk about this so then they're fighting <laughs> sirius just shows up i shouldn't have given her I the end don't <laughs> love uh, i know i don't love that he calls um harry james because like i don't yeah. think he sees him as james um and I don't, I don't love that, <laughs> but whatever. <laughs> but then, oh, it's so aggravating <laughs> because in the book, when Sirius dies, he's shot with a spell that we don't know what she says, but it's a red light, first of all. And then he like falls back into the uh, veil. The veil is completely different from like what it, described as like this one's like translucent it just kind of looks like um almost like when you see something it's got like that light dusting of like a waterfall kind of thing where like you can see something's in there but like it's not flowing back and forth um and in the book it seems like it's like a almost like a uh like a curtain kind of a thing like a piece of cloth that's blowing uh-huh. that's not how i visualized how like my visualization when reading it was not like it was in the movie um and so she says avada kedavra and i think that's partly because they didn't want people to be like there was a lot of speculation after this book and like people were like well did he really die is he coming back because like he was just stunned and like they don't that whole archway anyways is um like not confusing but like there's a lot of unknown with it so i get why they did that i still hated it (laughs) (laughs) um and then having harry react the way he reacted is like gut-wrenching 
<sighs> just very sad. Um, and I, I liked that. I liked that it was silent, like, but you could still almost like hear him screaming, like it's devastating. And I liked too, that like once he got out of Lupin's arms, like the camera stuck on Lupin for a second to see that like, yeah. So you have to remember like, that's one of his best friends and he just had to watch him die. Um, which is upsetting. Yeah. <sighs> so in the book, then Dumbledore uses the fount of magical brethren to protect Harry while dueling Voldemort. So like, let's talk about this whole scene, which is like kind of cool, sure. but like not. So like, I think I said at the beginning of this episode where like Harry's running after Bellatrix. I liked this in the book. He's running after her. He tries to use the Cruciatus curse on her. And she's taunting him back, being like, dude, you got to mean it. Like, whatever. But it's Voldemort saying this to him. And she's on the ground cowering from him. Like, that's not Bellatrix at all. Like, that's dumb. I never thought of that until you said it. And then I was like, you're right. You're right. Yeah. I'm always right. Sarah. Never wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And, like... so Voldemort's there. I when I like first was like watching when you first see him, I didn't love his little outfit because it looked like the material was like the kind of material you see like on Voldemort costumes on okay. Amazon. So literally Sasha texted <laughs> this to us yesterday and I nearly peed my pants because she was it in all caps. Something you sent was like shouty. Probably about Bellatrix. I'm like, she's not afraid of him. And, and that's like I unrealistic. Was dying. It looked, Voldemort looks like he's in a Voldemort costume. And I was like, <laughs> oh did. my God. But then the second he was moving around, he didn't look like that. Um, but like when you first see him, it's like that shiny, like almost like what um, people like that sing in like church choirs wear, which is not bad or ugly or anything like that. It's just like what they, it's like a typical thing for them. Um, it's just not something I would think Voldemort would wear, you know? Um, Maybe he didn't have a lot of options at that point in time. <laughs> <laughs> he probably also doesn't care, you know? Um, was he wearing shoes? Did I we see? I don't know. I didn't really... I tried to look, but I also wasn't looking that I hard. don't think we saw. <laughs> Next time, maybe. Um, but it was cool to see. So, like, you, I don't... If I'm being honest, I don't really remember. Does he... He then they're fighting. Harry is like kind of off to the side because it's Dumbledore and Voldemort. Um, but like the statues don't come to life. No one's like hiding under them or anything. But like at one point, Voldemort does like that whole spell thing and then glass shoots at them. And I kind of thought it was cool because then like um, Dumbledore like throws up like a shield and it's almost like uh, Voldemort's like, yeah, triumphant. Like this is going to happen. And then, like, like basically the dust of the glass settles. And Dumbledore's like, you didn't cut me. What now? And he's, like, shocked. <laughs> what now? <laughs> That's um, an actual quote. <laughs> <laughs> and I will say that um, I didn't love the possession scene. Uh, so in the book, Harry frees himself from Voldemort's possession due to his grief over his godfather's death. And because he like loves Sirius. Oh God, and, we have a hand. Um, <laughs> Voldemort can't handle love. Yes, Megan. Um, talking about the possession scene, I will say that for me, for me, that scene <laughs> with that was such a poor attempt to do it for me. <laughs> for me for me 
um, the part where he is breaking himself out of it and we talked about how much we love that scene where like Hermione is laughing and Ron is laughing and like you see that flashback. Um, that's one of my favorite parts of this movie. Like Dumbledore and Voldemort's duel, I think is done so well with the continuity of like how they're going back and forth. And then I don't necessarily love how Dan acted the possession scene. Like, but, but also he it was possession like it's weird it's gonna look weird yeah. like it's not yeah. um so it, like i guess really his when legs. i say that i don't like his it it's just because it was like uncomfortable weirdness. yeah like it was yeah. uncomfortable to look at because he was fighting off possession um yeah. but i think that like the scenes that they chose to get him out of it and how that was edited is one of my favorite parts of this yeah so, I would um, agree. I didn't mind it. There was a there was one part that I can't remember in this entire movie that someone was talking and it sounded like Umbridge's voice. This is totally random, but I just remember this. And I went to make a note of it, and now I don't remember where it was. <sighs> um anyways, it might have been in the very beginning with the the note he gets from Mathilda Hopkirk. But anyways. <laughs> So that whole thing, he's like fighting off the possession. He frees himself. Yeah, da, da, da. Um, because, you know, he's got love from his friends and Sirius and all of that. And so in the book, um, people arrive and then Voldemort apparates away with, um, or I should say disapparates with uh, Bellatrix. Um, but you don't, I feel like after she's like cowering on the ground, you don't see her really. She just is like, you turn around, Voldemort's there, and then she's, like, gone. She, like, pieces um, out in a fireplace. Yeah. And um, in the in the book, some random guy is like, oh, my gosh. I think his name is Will. I could be lying. He's like, Voldemort, I saw him just there, and Fudge then now has to believe it. But in the film, Voldemort's still there when, like, people are coming in, and Fudge is, like, one of the first ones, and he's like, oh, he's back. And I didn't love that because, like, I liked in the book where, like, he's still kind of fighting all of the truth because he's kind of scum, him being fudge. I don't care for him. But, like, in the films, it's almost like he really, truly didn't believe it. Where, like, I think in the books he believed it. He just didn't want to believe it. Um, And he chose to do things to discredit Dumbledore and discredit Harry. Where in the films it was making him out to be, like, more of just, like, a naive kind of person um and i think that's giving him too much credit (laughs) so then he flees whatever and then the book harry loses his temper with dumbledore after sirius's death he smashes his possessions which did not happen in the film at all um dumbledore also explains about the prophecy and shows harry his memory of trelawney making the prophecy if you remember uh this chapter we talked about it at length because dumbledore talked at length uh i think there were three episodes on it (laughs) Um, after Sirius's death, <laughs> Harry asks nearly headless Nick if he could come back, and Harry ex- or Nick explains like that not all wizards can come back as ghosts, and most don't want to. We don't see that at all in the films. Um, Dar- we don't see Draco's newfound hatred more so than before for Harry doing to his father being arrested. That's all been omitted. So like the scene where Harry tries to curse Malfoy where Snape takes points away from Gryffindor and McGonagall returns, and she gives them more points um, and Ravenclaw points for the Battle of the Department of Mysteries. That's all omitted. 
Draco's attempt to attack Harry um, on the Hogwarts Express with his friends. That's all gone. Um, what else is there was like other stuff like he calmly sits down and has a, a nice conversation with Dumbledore. Um, we do get to see and I like that they kept this in the conversation with Harry and Luna um, talking about how like they both like they know what losses um and i like that they keep in where like he's like i'm sorry about trauma she goes yeah she's like it's horrible or you know something along those lines um because i think it's a nice line because death is it does suck especially when it's sudden especially when it's something like that when you're young um and i like that it's like acknowledged not only in the book but in the film um and it's okay to feel that um so i like that and then uh I'm trying to think like what else is so they they the whole like King's Cross thing um and like the order talking to the Dursleys like that never happens in the films either. Crayonis. Yeah. Alright. I do have a question about her yeah. shoes. Because like Luna's like obviously oh, looking yeah. for her things. What kind of shoes is Luna wearing? <laughs> no, but like how do they get up there? Do you think a student put them up or do you think they were nargles? Magic, man. This is a school of magic. <laughs> It's magic, man. Where's the lie? <laughs> <laughs> well, like, obviously, if a student did it, it's magic. But do you think it was Nargles? I don't know. Do you believe in... Do you believe in Nargles? Oh, my God. <laughs> yes. Sarah, did you bring up the mirror? Someone in Discord... I didn't. That's, like, totally omitted. Like, the yeah. whole... I was waiting for him... To give him like the or waiting for him to give him waiting for Sirius to give Harry uh, the mirror and, and how it never does he happened. have it? And it Deathly just pops Hallows. up in Deathly Hollows. Really? Yeah. Did Someone we, Discord did we, said it. Now I can't find it. Did we miss it? No, I yeah, can't so find like it. that. He was never. Um. Does he pack it at the end of this movie? He pulls it. He pulls it out at the end of the movie, right? But when he's remember. packing, yeah, he well I he just, pulls. Oh, I don't know. When he's packing, right? Somebody help! In the movie, <laughs> yeah, I don't think he does it in the movie because we never sure? see Sirius give it to him. Like it wouldn't make sense. Uh, then I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. In the last movie, they're just like, "Hey, by the way, got a sliver of a mirror." Yeah. Yell into it, will you? <laughs> <laughs> no one will notice that we didn't put this in before. <laughs> <laughs> I literally, I can't remember. Yeah, I don't think it's there, man. I don't think it's there, man. I don't think it's there, man. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know where the mirror is, man. <laughs> Lightning bolt round. Um, <laughs> just trying to move this along <laughs> okay I'm going to pull lightning bolt questions and the first one is comes from Sarah Gellin. <laughs> if you could add one scene from the book into the movie that was left out, what would it be? Say it again. I, if you could if you could add one scene 
from the book into the movie that was left out, what would it be? I think I would choose career advice. Oh, that's a good one. Just to see the Um, interaction between McGonagall and Umbridge. Yeah. Yeah. Um. I really would just expand on the um, Snape's memories. And do it correctly where like he's looking into the pulse and not his own brain. Yeah. Not his own brain, but Snape's own brain. Yeah. Because <laughs> that would be one. weird if Harry had Snape's memories in his brain. <laughs> I think I would want to see the howler scene at the very beginning. I want to see Petunia mm. like talk about yes. what she knows of the wizarding world. And I want to see Vernon get real uncomfortable off <laughs> yeah yeah i want to see the portable Cheesed swamp off. oh the portable swamp i want to see one. filch punting kids across it <laughs> <laughs> just kicking children just kicking kids right across just kicking band kids. for life would be pretty good because i would still be laughing about it <laughs> there's like a whole thing like it could just be like one scene really i feel like <sighs> band for life <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay. Next question is from Vinny. What is your favorite thing added by the movie? Uh, this movie particularly, right? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I personally love the, the James bit. I like, I like that. I do like that. I don't know if it's necessarily like, I, I guess it would be added, but the the silence after Sirius dies, mm. I suppose you could say that was added because I guess in the book, Harry's actually yelling, but the silence uh, is perfect. Yeah, I agree with uh, Tiffany. I agree with both of those because I can't think of another one. Oh, dang. Uh, Harmony Davis, 29 in Discord, says so the scene, scene at um, St. Mungo's. Yeah, yeah oh, that's add. I would have loved I that. I want to see Lockhart again. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, wait, what did I just say? <laughs> uh, Jackie Weasley asks, was Harry shouty enough for you in the movie? Um, I'm going to say no. Yeah, I'm going to say no as well. Because, okay, first example, this has always bothered me when I watch it. You know when he shows up at Grimmauld Place and like he sees Ron and Hermione and he doesn't feel the happy he thought he would he's like just ticked off yeah and he's supposed to be it's all in capitals in the book but in the movie he's just like blah 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 and then fred and george show up and they're like whoa we can hear you shouting from downstairs it's like no you could not have heard that he's supposed to be screaming (laughs) there's no way i think he should like he didn't throw anything we didn't like truly except when he screams at dumbledore like look at me that's a good moment that was a great moment but there was more of that you know what i mean i don't know yeah, 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 yeah. No, I get it. I think that for how they portrayed the beginning of this movie, the beginning of this book in the movie, it fit how they did it just because it it's really difficult because so much of what we read in the beginning of this book is all in Harry's head. So again, like to try to figure yeah. out how to translate that in film you know, I know there are people getting paid millions of dollars to do this and they should have figured it out. But, <laughs> um, but it can be hard. So, like, I think that for how they portrayed Harry at the beginning of this movie, 
they did a good job. Um, and I think that it was enough. If I had full creative control over the creation of Order of the Phoenix, the film, yes, I would have put more in. Um, but I think overall for for what what it turned out being, I think it was fine. That's my opinion. Yeah. I I think like Megan was saying at the beginning of the movie, it kind of sets a tone that he is like a quiet anger. Yeah. yeah. Um, All right. And I think it's I think he he like I think Daniel Radcliffe portrayed that very well. Yeah. No, yeah. I um, that really. You sure. can tell that he's angry. He's just seething. Yeah. A yes. quiet seething. He um, is... I have to say something really quickly. No. Lily E from Discord. This is for you. There's your shout out. You got it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Let's see. Mia asks, tell us one thing that would be most important for you to fix to improve the film for you. Only one. Just one. She literally said, insert mer people voice. (gasps) (laughs) That's so funny. Oh, here we go. Oh, my God. (laughs) I would probably fix Grop, honestly. Yeah. That's like the one thing, like, visually, I would change. Yeah, I would update. I would update boyfriend big time. (laughs) boyfriend (laughs) but like but he's lovable truly like as you know wherever we were with budget and the the time and the technology like he he has a lovable face and i think that that that's what they were trying to give the audience so kudos for that i would just i would just you know update a little bit I guess I can't think of it. Yeah, I guess Grop, just because that's the one we complain about the most. I just want to see him done (laughs) better, I guess. Um, I would have included Dobby in this film. All right. I like that, too. Yeah. yeah, Spew. Let's just say spew. Like anything pertaining to Dobby. I don't care for Dobby. In this film, I would have liked. We know you don't care for Dobby, you soulless creature. I don't. So to be fair (laughs) to Sarah, I don't love Dobby either, but I like the storylines that come with Dobby in this book. So like, I would have liked to see Spew. I would have liked him to be the one to bring about the room of requirement. What? God. (laughs) <laughs> you said you wanted to see that's too. another thing that's what i would change i hate that they burst in there like that that's garbage what do you oh, mean? Yeah. because i Person don't think the where? room of requirement would let someone oh. bombard their way into the freaking room no that's wrong you're all wrong stop it bombard <laughs> remember when mia said one one thing what Oh, well, I changed from grop to that. I know. I'm just saying. I mean, all four we of us never stick basically to it. did kind of one. You're right. A collective all right, one. Moving in. Moving in. <laughs> um, yeah. That's it. Okay. <laughs> right. Did anybody get bingo? Yeah. Anybody get bingo out there? Anybody get if, a bingo? If Gryffindor doesn't win this house cup, I will smash my laptop. <laughs> Whoa. I don't know. I don't see a lot of red, Tiffany. No, but I think Tiffany's been working. <laughs> I've been working so hard. <laughs> 
No she bingo. Works hard for her thumbs. So well, for her thumbs. in that case, Gryffindor ran away with it this week. What? <laughs> oh my goodness. 720 points to Gryffindor. Wow. Yes, 400 baby. for Slytherin. Your scheming is done. <laughs> Congrats. Yeah. I think Gryffindor. I liked like three other like how people from different like, I houses. I can't like things. Sorry time. to all the Ravenclaws out there, but I can't focus on what they're saying if I'm liking all the stuff. So I'm Ravenclaw sorry. usually doesn't need your help, in all honesty. That's no true. No offense, Sarah, but they figure it <laughs> out on their own. Taken. Yeah. You know what though? There's there's the least amount of Gryffindors like in I think in all of our like representation of Swish. So like they really do need the help. <laughs> Gryffindor? Gonna, yeah. Yeah. And that's just because there's not there's not many numbers. Um but there's a lot of Ravenclaws. So We won, baby. Props to Gryffindor. Gryffindor. Pride, baby. They roared today. <laughs> it's time for our fan story, Katie. All right. Yes. This week's fan story comes from Caitlin. Hello, Megan, Katie, Sarah, Tiffany, Alana, cats, dogs, etc. I appreciate Aww. that. <laughs> My name is Caitlin and I'm 18 years old from Ontario, Canada. I did already send a Potter story some time ago, but I've gone through some life changes, for example, starting college, and changed from a proud Hufflepuff to a proud Ravenclaw. I guess boop, 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 boop. I guess life really changes your values. My that wand was is the 12. Smallest. Boop, 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 boop. <laughs> <laughs> My wand is 12 and a half inches long, laurel wood, dragon heartstring core, and supple flexibility. My Patronus is an Asa cat. That's awesome. And my Ilvermorny house is horned serpent. Anyway, my mom is the one that introduced me to JK's Amazing Universe. She has been reading the books since before I was born, so I've been watching the movies my whole life. I remember dressing up to go to the midnight release of The Deathly Hallows with my mom and my then best friend when I was just six years old. What? What? <laughs> Oh my god, that makes me want to vomit. <laughs> I mean that in the most loving of ways. I know, I know. It's not your fault, Your age makes me sick. How old were we when that movie came out? I don't want to disclose. I don't, I don't know. Just keep reading. <laughs> <laughs> the first time I listened to the books was when I was probably 13 years old. She never let me watch past the third movie before then because I was scared because I scared easily and she didn't want to scare me away from the series with movies four to seven before I was old enough to really appreciate the series. As soon as she let me watch the last four movies, I did as fast as I could and then asked her for the audiobooks. I remember having so many comments and questions while I was listening to these books, the Jim Dale version. She always said, just keep listening when I asked her questions about future outcomes. It's been a happy point that kept me through some very low points. I went through a few years in my life where I was bullied by everyone around me. My parents were going through a nasty divorce. I was getting bullied at school and bullied at home by some of my mom's, quote, friends, who also abused my dog, who has been with me through everything. I've struggled with small amounts of depression, and I have intense OCD that tries to control my life every day. Last year, I was galloping my horse through a field, which I've done many times, and in a freak accident, he tripped and did some sort of somersault. And I flew and suffered a nasty concussion. I'm lucky Oof. to be alive. Oh, my gosh. Wow. I had to spend weeks laying in a dark bed. And my rehab therapist told me to find a podcast about something I was familiar with. So naturally, I decided to find a Harry Potter podcast. When I had my mom search on my phone, concussion equals no screens. Yours was the first to come up. In this hard time of my life with a 
with a spike in my mental health issues and chronic migraines on top of that, your humor and insights brought light to my dark room. So I thank you for that. If this is too long to read on the podcast, that's all right. It's not. I've read it. I just wanted to thank you for everything. With love from a Swish and Flick fangirl, Caitlin from Canada. Holy cow. That's like the sweetest thing. I'm so happy you're okay. Yes. I'm happy we're here for you, too. I I always love the stories we get where, like, we help people because we're wild. (laughs) Talking about something they love. Like, that brings me joy. So, just thank you so much. Yes. And as someone who also struggles with OCD, I feel you. And we just got to keep on fighting the good fight. We got this. Um, And the the whole light to my dark room, like, maybe get chills and I kind of want to cry a little bit. So, thank you so much. (laughs) (laughs) I may may have cried a little bit. It's all right. (laughs) Something flew in my eye. Fine. Uh, Would you like to cry at a bad joke? Yes. Okay. Oh, I yelled. Sorry. Yes. <laughs> okay. What do mandrake mandrakes drink at the three broomsticks? Juice. I don't know. Root, no. <laughs> root <laughs> beer. Root beer. Get root out of here. <laughs> I have. Amazing. I have a Star Wars movie joke. <laughs> I also sent you guys a joke that I want to say, but I don't think it's appropriate, so it's in our text messages. Oh, okay. So, why did the Star Wars movies come out in the sequence four, five, six, one, two, three? Because seven, eight, nine. I don't know. Because in charge of sequence, Yoda was. <laughs> that's really good. I like that. Oh, that's great. They are making a movie about clocks. It's about time. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Megan. Is that it? You don't have any more jokes? I never know how many you're going to (laughs) say. No, because it's not nice. (laughs) I was doing just jokes about movies. Like long. I like the one I sent y'all. I thought that was funny. That's fantastic. Some might say it was a hard joke, but... Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Megan, you can go ahead. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Make sure that you follow your hosts on social media. Myself and Katie are on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at The Petrus Family. And on Twitch. Tiffany is on Twitter, Instagram, and Twitch at TiffSwish underscore Flick. And Sarah is on Instagram at OhHaHaHaMally. And that is with three H's. (laughs) I'm the most boring one with one social media. One social media. The one. Hey, some people like that. It's good. I don't blame you. It can be overwhelming. Fun. But it can be overwhelming at times. All right. So what was What did I talk about last time? I finished um, a court of what? Mist and Fury. Mist and Fury. <laughs> <laughs> and the best part is the only reason I now know what these are called, not that I didn't read them, but I'm terrible with names, is because I've had to say it to you so many times. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I finished that. Awesome. Started um, A Court of Wings and Ruin. I do know that because I'm currently reading it. Um, currently reading the Snape book, and I'm currently listening to a book on Audible called something. I can't remember. Um, 
Into Thin Air, and that's about um, a, a disaster in a climbing expedition on Mount Everest. So I always have to get my oh. like nonfiction mixed in with my fantasy books. And I'm going to start streaming soon on Twitch. So I put a poll out actually yesterday about um, asking everyone what they want to watch first. And on Instagram and Twitter, everybody voted for me to start Breath of the Wild over. So I think a lot of those people are uh, people who I know have gotten like caught up or stuck on the game and maybe want to see that gameplay footage of like how to get through stuff and get started. Cause it does take a little bit of finesse getting used to the game. So I, I said nothing. Yeah, I know. I ignored you. <laughs> <laughs> and I am currently on summer break and so far it's, it's, it's good, but not that good because I'm sick because of uh, lady Supreme sneezing into my eyeballs multiple times, but you know, <laughs> it could be worse. So I could have had to like call off work or like be teaching kids all day while sick. So I'm happy I'm on, on break. And that's, that's kind of what I'm doing right now. It's been, it's been nice to just kind of chill for a little bit. And then I'll be starting on like some like cleaning projects around our house and organizing because we would like to, at some point in the near future move. And we'll see. That's what, that's what's going on at this O'Malley's house. (laughs) This O'Malley's. Nice. <laughs> What's going on at that Petrus's house over there? Um, so I have finally finished Addie LaRue. It was fantastic. Did you like it? I loved it. Did you cry? Um, no, but <laughs> <laughs> but I can see why somebody would. It takes a lot so to get me. me. Yeah, it takes a lot to get me to cry in Megan's a book. Heartless, so. I'm basically heartless. Uh, oh my god. Um, I mean. I just cry at everything, so. It was very, (laughs) very good, though. Um, Highly recommend. It is, should be a quick read. I don't know why I took so long to read it, but it's very good. Um, Started A Court of Thorns and Roses. Also very good. I'm a little bit more than a quarter of the way through it. I think my Kindle says I'm 30% through it. Oh, my gosh. um, Also very good. I just got the Snape book in, so hopefully we'll start reading that soon. Um, it's called Snape, a definitive reading, in case anybody's wondering. That is what Tiffany is also was also talking about. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, I, Tiff and I are going to take some time soon to like tag team figuring out streaming um, yep. so that... <laughs> we can start. I think that I'm going to start doing Link's Awakening because I got my guidebook from Tiff for my birthday. So I think I'm going to do that um, and start my Zelda journey. So I'm excited. And then Katie needs to stream too. So I'm not allowed yet. I'm I'm on probation. I got grounded. <laughs> you really genuinely I things are. Up. I know. I messed things <laughs> up big time. That was heated last time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not I think that she should stream Pokemon Snap. <gasps> so. I think that would be a really good choice. Yeah. Just and then when the She's new really Pokemon comes out, oh, we can like get each of the versions yes. and stream them. Yes. That'd yeah. be fun. Um so yeah, I'm that's super looking forward to Pokemon things. Me yeah, too. I'm up to oh, eleven that I can name. So awesome. Snaps of Sarah. Can't. I've never been prouder, actually, 
of you in your whole entire life. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what else. It's Pride Month. Happy Pride Month. Oh, yes. Yes, stole happy mine. Pride. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Happy Pride. <laughs> pride. Uh, let's see. I started reading Eddie LaRue. Not very far, but I very much enjoy it. Already hooked on it, which is nice. And I got to play Pokemon Snap on my new TV. And I loved oh, it yeah, we had to because get a new TV. it's bigger than my last TV. So <laughs> it was <laughs> awesome. It was like I was there. The Pokemon TV just broke. <laughs> so dumb. Yeah. Um, but that's about it. I don't know. Just reading and gaming. You good. Yep. How about you, Sarah? Um... What have I done since we last recorded? So I finished. I've read 20,000 books. <laughs> Only I finished one. In, I mean, I finished the one I was reading the last time and then I read two other ones. Right. <laughs> tell us. Tell so us I the finished. Titles. I think it was Empire of Storms. So I read in May. I read the first six books, I think, of Throne of Glass. Um, <laughs> and so then I had to take a fantasy break because it's pretty much all I read in May. Yeah. And then I read Verity by Colleen Hoover. Um, Messed and up. And I didn't, uh, I didn't not not read at work. Wink, wink. Um, and when I tell you, I, I enjoyed reading that book. It was a quick read. I read it in a day. Um, I, if that's something, it's like a psychological thriller. If that's something you're into, um, I liked it. I I've heard from other people that they did like it. I heard some, from some that they absolutely hated it. Um, and there were parts in that book that were extremely hard for me to read, like major trigger warnings for like certain things. Um, so just read, read about it before. Like if I, cause I hit trigger warnings on um, the Amazon page like when i was looking at it it was on kindle unlimited so that's how i read it on my kindle but uh, um but i enjoyed it um but whoo was some of that hard to read and then what else did i read the symptoms of being human that was a great book um there are parts in that that made me cry i did it was so good so i started that on saturday and then i had to work sunday and knowing i had to work i was like well I want to pick like I wanted to pick a book that I could read on my Kindle, but not get it because I'm not reading at work. Um, <laughs> no. So then I picked Verity, which then I'm reading that at work, but you know not. And it was just um, a lot. So symptoms of being human was very good. That's by I think it was Jeff Gavin is the name of the author, um, and I got that book from Katie. It was a good quick read. Um, and like it left me wanting more. Like I want to know like what happens next. Mm-hmm. Same. Um, yeah. It was a good read. And then I started a book called, I think it's We Both Die at the End. I think it's We. Um, and it's a good. I enjoy it so far. I'm not even halfway through, um, and I've already stopped reading it. So if that doesn't tell you anything, um. I'm excited to finish that. I don't know what I'm going to read next. I do have to finish the Throne of Glass series, but I'm taking like a fantasy break. Even though I guess yeah. this one is like kind of so like um, in this, in the We Both Die in the End, it's like not a fantasy book. It's kind of like 
futuristic in the aspect of like people get a call from like it's called death cast and they get a call like the day they're gonna die so they know they have like 24 hours left to live or whatever um so it's like an interesting concept and it's sad um so take that with a grain of salt i don't know what i'm gonna read after that because i I've like started reading it and then it was like sobbing at like midnight two nights ago. And I was like, I probably need to, maybe it was last night. Like you might need to take a break. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so yeah, I think I might read Michelle Obama's book this month. There you go. I've got a huge to be read list. Like I want to, part of me wants to take a picture of like all the books on my, um, dresser that I have to read, but also don't want to do that because it's a lot. I feel that I collect books and then take so long to read them sometimes. And it just is a never ending pile. And then I forget about books that I've bought for myself on Kindle because I can't physically see them. Mm. (laughs) But like, listen, you can't be sorry about wanting to have so many adventures in your brain. I mean, this is, you know, yeah. Yeah. Well, and like, there's just, there's a lot of, uh, like series kind of that I'm like in the middle of. So like I was reading the wicked trilogy. I haven't read the last book in that I read six of crows. I know that the next one crooked kingdom is going to kill me uh, because I already know that there's something like tragic that happens in it. And I just am delaying myself the hurt. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So like, there's just some like, and I keep buying them like, Oh, I want to read this one. And then I just buy other ones and it's just, it's not good. So I put myself on a book buying ban. Um, and yeah, and I want to like get them down and I'm actually going to like, there are some books on my bookshelf that I've never read. And I know I'm not going to, like I have the Lord of the Rings trilogy Mm. and I'm going to be a thousand percent honest. I'll never read them. So I'm going to maybe give those to half price books and probably game of Thrones, which actually started reading that one. But I'm like, I don't, he might never finish them. So, oh my God, Marty bought those to read and I laughed. <laughs> yeah. So I, I'm probably going to get rid of those. Hey, not get rid. I'm going to probably just give take them, them to like a good home. Yeah yeah, yeah. 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 Good idea. Um, that's all. That's you. All yeah, right. I mean, Oh, I'm going to start my own Twitch channel too. Hey, just let's kidding. go. I would be so here for that. <laughs> It would oh be God. unbearable to watch. And I want you to play Pokemon, and I want you to name them. I want you to nickname them whatever you would originally. <laughs> like, when you watch me play, like, I, <laughs> I, would, I want that for I you. was telling Jen about it. I'm like, yeah, we were talking about that. I'm like, I kept saying there was one that's, like, trash. And then <laughs> Tiffany, like, didn't get it. I'm like, first of all, that one looks like a trash bag, and it's called Trubbish. <laughs> rubbish is trash. And rubbish and trubbish, same word same word i'm so proud of you sarah it was good times snorlax i know that because of uh ed sheeran's instagram thank you ed (laughs) thanks charlie because i know you're listening (laughs) jigglypuff's my favorite one all right we're not naming pokemon with you today (laughs) i mean it wouldn't take very long (laughs) (laughs) what is this episode guess what that's it yeah what's it for for? endings and new beginnings oh That was nice. Gonna stick with that. Hey, everybody, wave goodbye like Harry does on the Hogwarts Express. Say bye, Order of the Phoenix. Bye. All right, that concludes this book, this movie. On to the next. Thank you so much for listening, and don't let the Muggles get you down. (gasps) Amazing.
my voice. Okay. Shut, Shut it, it down. down. Shut it down. Let's, let's just start this whole thing. Okay. Roasted. Like corn on the cob on the grill. Ready. I'm ready. Mm-hmm. I was born ready. Okay, Katie. <laughs> <laughs> Hello and welcome to episode 198 of Swish and Flick. I'm Tiffany. I'm Megan. I'm Katie. Uh, and I guess they call me Sarah. <laughs> I'm. <laughs> I don't even know what you said because my internet. Sorry, I can't hear anything. Can you hear me? Yes. yes. Hi, Tiffany. Mother. 